Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the BMW Life. That's boss life, mom life, wife life. And I am your host, Serena Moore Thomas, destroyer of comfort zones, speaker, author, entrepreneur, homeschooling mama. Yeah, doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But guess what? I want to show you how to find your rhythm, how to discover your God-given purpose, and how to do this thing called life with less grind, girl, and more grace. I promise you, you are in for a treat. Grab your notebook, something to write with, and let's get into it. This wonderful New Year's episode, I'm going to be talking to you about the power of vision. I'm getting real transparent and sharing some personal things with you. You don't want to miss this one. We're here again, ladies. Really excited to be here as always. You know, season one, you're getting to know me a little bit. I'm getting to know you by your comments and remarks and DMs and stuff. And so I'm just really excited to be here today. And we're going to talk about something that is fitting because we're at the beginning of a, of a new year. And everybody knows that, you know, new years come with new resolutions and new commitments and new projects and new things. People wait until the new year to do things new, <laughs> to do things differently. And, you know, it's kind of part of part of society. This is what we do. The, the marketers are out. They're going to sell you another gym membership this year because you haven't taken advantage the last 15 years. You keep signing up and not going. So they will try every year to get you back on track because of course it's a new year. You're going to commit to doing things differently. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. And I really want to share with you um, about the power of vision, right? And why it is so important to have clarity of, of vision. And I'm just going to give you just some of my own experience and, and give you, of course, you know, one of my many stories because I have a story I feel like for just about everything. So I'm going to share with you kind of a story that brought it to life for, for, for me. So vision is absolutely important. This this is the theme for almost everybody's everything. Uh, the year of 2020, clear vision. And I have certainly um, dubbed this year for me a year of clarity and collaboration. And so clarity I have and collaboration is 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 what I am um, seeking because there is a mission and a vision that God has given to me that is much bigger than me, right? That serves at a high level, that serves so many more uh, people. Than, than I've been able to serve in the past. And I realized that in order for that to happen, there will be some collaboration. So I'm excited about the new relationships that I'll be building this year. I'm really excited about the new uh, folks that I'll get to work with. And some of that had already kind of started materializing toward the end of 2019. So this is just going to be a phenomenal year. And guess what? For some of you listening, it's going to be incredible, right? This year is going to be filled 
with um, with joy. You are going to experience excessive wealth and abundance. For some of you, you are going to walk into um, a, in a level of peace that you have not walked in before. You are going to start a thing and finish it. You are going to launch that product and write that book finally. Um, you know, for some of you, you are going to experience God in a brand new way. You are going to go to higher heights and deeper depths from faith to faith and glory to glory, right? You are going to see miraculous things happen in your family, in your business, in your life, in yourself. For some of you, that will be the case, right? And then for others, it will be the same year that you have lived for the last 10 years. And listen to me carefully. The difference between the two is that the one who will experience something new and something different and something bold this year and the one who will experience the same year again and again is that one is willing to do the work. One is willing to do what they can, where they are with what they have. One is one group is willing to stop making excuses and start making progress. This year, it, it, it cannot be okay for you to say, I don't know where to start. That just cannot be the excuse for the next 15 years. I don't know where to start. Excuses are the lies we tell ourselves so it doesn't have to be our fault. Uh-oh, the destroyer of comfort zones. She's out with the sword. Here she is. It's not enough. You cannot use that excuse any longer because here's the truth. You know what to do. Let's just not play games, right? You know, you know what you can do. But because you don't have all the details, you won't do anything. And that's the problem. Because nothing is ever going to get done. You keep making excuses. You don't have the money. You don't have the resources. I don't have the time. I don't have this. I don't have that. That is all false. It's false. I don't have the money, right? Okay, that might be a fact. You don't have the money. But here's the truth. And here's the hope. And here's the possibility. The money is out there. I now have to determine how I'm going to get it. Right. Like you, you have to reframe some of the stuff that you're saying so that you can actually get moving. I'll tell it to you almost every episode. There are people waiting for you to show up and you cannot keep submitting your excuses. And so in order to do to to experience something new and different and fabulous this year, you are going to have to be willing to do something new, different and fabulous this year. You can't keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. That just, that doesn't even make sense, right? You cannot keep doing the same thing. And so you have to be clear about where you're going, what you're doing. You have to be certainly clear and solid and and firm on who you are and who you are not. And I give this exercise to, um, to, to my coaching clients too. And it's a great exercise to do. Take a piece of paper and, and you just on two columns. Who are you? Who am I on one side? And who I am not on the other side? Because 
for for those of you that are struggling and you might even be saying I just don't know who I am I don't I don't know you know and that's fine I'm not I'm not um I'm not trying to make you feel bad please understand this right but I but I'm coming to to help you get out of a comfortable place you might be saying that that might be a real struggle for you and so it's just as important that you know who you are not right so knowing who you are not is just as important as knowing who you are you got that and so i start my ims with who god has created me to be because that's founded in truth that's firm right so i am fearfully and wonderfully made according to the scripture i am made in the image and likeness of god i am special to god i am enough I am not a mistake. Before I was formed in my mother's womb, God knew me. He already called me and appointed me. He gave me purpose. Before any of my days came to be, he already knew all of them. I am not a mistake. Right? And so I, I know who I am. I am. I am not full of fear. I am not broke. I am not weak. I am not less than. I am a lender. I am not a borrower. I am above. I am not beneath. Do you understand what I'm saying? You need to do this exercise because the thing that's going to make the difference this year for you is you knowing who you are, you knowing what, who God created you to be. And everything that God has planned for you is attracted to the real you, right? It's attracted to the you, you know. <laughs> yeah, so... Like I said, for some, this year is going to be amazing. For others, this year might be the same old, same old. But you always have a choice. And the choice is yours. You have free will. And you cannot, you can no longer take this real passive, like, oh, I'll just have what God says I'll have. I'll just, you know, have whatever what God has for me is for me. And, you know, if he wants me to have it, then I'll have it. And if he doesn't, then I won't. Wrong wrong that's so wrong in so many different ways and I can probably give you 400 scriptures to tell you otherwise there's plenty of examples in the bible there's plenty of examples in the bible and 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 even in 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 the new testament you know as you see Jesus walking through and doing what he did according to your faith be it done unto you the woman with the issue of blood she took personal responsibility she did not wait for an appointment she did not schedule with Jesus and say, okay, I need to see you at 3 p.m. on Wednesday. No, she pushed through the crowd. She did a bunch of stuff that she was not uh, um, supposed to do. But she took her healing into her own hands by pursuing the healer. She didn't wait on an appointment. Those friends who took their lame friend up on the roof and peeled back the roof and lowered him before Jesus. They did not wait for a construction permit. They did not ask permission to tear off somebody's roof. They did whatever was necessary. They took it into their own hands. They took personal responsibility. And that's what it's going to take from you this year. You are personally responsible for the income you produce, the outcomes that you get, and the results that you see. You are responsible for that. And you gotta, you, you have to know that some doors won't open until you walk up to them. Right? We stand back and we just, oh, it's an obstacle or something, you know, I don't know what, yeah, like you can't stay there. 
some doors won't open until you walk up to them. I share with you guys a little bit about my book. When it was time to do my book launch, I didn't have a place, a budget, anything. And I happened to be at the mall. I happened to be at Cherry Hill Mall. And I went inside and there was a young lady there. And I started having a conversation with her, asking her about this co-working space, dope space. You hear me? I mean, it's just fabulous. And we started talking and we started talking and I was telling her that I'm releasing a book, but I haven't found a place yet. And she was like, oh my God, you know, we haven't had anything like that here before. We would love to talk to you about doing something like that. Now here is an opportunity for me and an opportunity for them. It's not something that they've done before. So they can use my event as a way to show other people that this is the type of event that you can have here and all that. But again, I didn't wait to write the book until I found the place to launch the book. I have the book. I have a reason to have this conversation. The door wouldn't, that open door wouldn't make sense had I not done what I was supposed to do in the first place. Do you understand what I'm saying? So some of you are waiting for doors to open before you need them. Waiting for all the resources before you need them. You want a state-of-the-art this and a this and a that, but you're not doing the work that even warrants you having that. That's a problem. I'm not mad, y'all. I'm just the destroyer of comfort zone. She out. She out the day. (laughs) She out. And she's here to break down all them excuses, all that stuff, so that this can be a, a, a year where you make not just major money, but major impact. Make major meaning. Show up for the people that need you. Okay? So a little bit about vision. Why is this important? Why is it important to have vision? Because vision is the thing that drives you, right? Vision is, um, vision is the thing that is going to help you uh, overcome when circumstances are really, really hard and difficult. When things look contrary, right? When things are not lined up right. When you have a vision, it fuels you and will allow you to keep going. And I'm going to give you a little bit of an example, and I'm going to try to make this correlation for you. I think it's a good one. Um, it's one that I that I thought about some time ago, and I, I just want to share it with you, okay? So some of you know that my son, Bryson, he was born at 25 weeks. So that's approximately, what, five months pregnant, right? I was five months. And my water broke actually two weeks before he was born. And I think thought for sure that we were about to have a miscarriage, right? So we were laying in bed and literally like 20 some weeks, my water broke. Now, I was already on bed rest. I had been on bed rest since I was 11 weeks because I had a um, uh, an, an issue, like a, my cervix was shortening and my body was preparing for labor and I was only like 10 weeks. Um, my, at the time I was, I was always still running Elohim cleaning contractors, the family business was really stressed out. We had just won a contract with, um, the Pennsylvania convention center. It was a lot going on. I was doing job interviews and job fairs all, you know, just a few months pregnant, but I was just doing a lot and I ended up being taken, um, off the job and I was put on bed rest, like lay down on your back bed rest, right? And I was going to the doctor once a week. That was my field trip and going to get a shot to help, um, you know, develop the the baby's lungs and, and, and stuff like that. And so, right, 
before right that night before my uh, water broke well a couple nights before my water broke I had a dream I had a dream and I told my husband about it had a dream that I was coaching a um I was coaching my son my my son's uh football team and now this is the son that has not been born yet y'all so I was I had this dream that I was a coach and my son was playing football and I could see his little light-skinned face he was about eight or nine years old and he was playing football and I remember somebody hit him real hard and I stood up and was going crazy you hit my baby no no you cannot do that you know and I remember having this dream and I just kind of laughed and smiled about it right so fast forward, now here we are at 20 some weeks, my water breaks. We are, we're rushing to the hospital, right? Because at this point, we don't know what's happening and it looks like we're about to have a miscarriage because we don't, we know that the baby is not more than a pound at this point. So anyway, we go to the hospital, we rush up there, my parents come up there and everything. We end up getting to a hospital that doesn't have a, a level three NICU. So we had to go to another hospital um, by, by ambulance. So I get to that hospital. The whole time there were like angelic people just placed specifically for us that's what it felt like the one woman she held my hand and she said your son is going to be fine and I know those nurses are not allowed to tell you stuff like that because you don't know right but I just knew that I was getting confirmation after confirmation well long story short he ended up being born one pound nine ounces he was in the NICU and remained in the NICU for about four months so I had to leave my baby at the hospital and I had all these other medical things happened and I ended up being readmitted to the hospital for a little while but anyhow he was in the hospital for four months right every single day for those four months it was like tunnel vision all I could do was bring milk to the hospital sit and 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 minister to my child in this NICU I couldn't hold him for weeks right because he just wasn't stable enough and here's why this is important as we were in the NICU the doctors would come in and they would always have, you know, news. They would give you updates and they would tell you, you know, uh, if your baby survives, these are the kind of complications that, you know, you can see or whatever. Like they literally have to tell you these things. And there were babies around us that did not make it out of the NICU. There were babies that were going into surgery left and right. Like it's, it was a difficult place to be in. But while I was in that NICU, I was reminded of the dream that I had with my baby playing football at eight or nine years old. I had already seen his face. I was there with him and I had this vision of us together at eight or nine years old. And what that indicated to me was that we were coming up out of that hospital. And so I began to speak to Bryson while he was laying there on the ventilator with all the tubes, with all the things, and with all of the doctors, bad reports or, you know, uncertain reports, I would speak to him and I would say, Bryson, you got to breathe on your own. I need you to eat this food. I need you to gain weight. I need you to keep your body temperature. You have a family at home. You have sisters at home that can't wait to meet you. We have a football game to get to. You have to make it. You understand? You have to come home. And I would say things like that to him every day. I went up to the hospital. I would read to him, heaven is for real. I would read to him different books. I mean, I was just, I was, um, laser focused 
on the fact that this was not our place of always. We are coming out of here because I have a vision. I see us beyond this place. And so even when the doctor came in and after he had a blood transfusion, I remember one day I came and I was ready to like hold him that particular day. And the doctor said, no, he has to stay, you know, laying in the, in the isolate today. You can't take him out. We ended up having to give him a blood transfusion overnight. And so we need him to just remain still. And we don't want him um, agitated at all. So I, I couldn't touch him and it broke my heart. But guess what? I was committed to the vision. I was committed. And so while the doctors were given reports that did not line up with my vision, because I had vision, I was able to deny what they were saying, right? Not disregard, not, not deny it, but disregard it to an extent. Like I was able to say, I know what you're saying, but this is what I'm seeing. And that's what vision allows you to do. And so when you have a daily habit of keeping the vision before you, right, the Bible says that um, to write the vision and make it plain. And why do you write it and make it plain so that men can run with it so that it can be done. So this is something that can, you know, that can be passed on and, and can be executed upon, right. And so I had this vision and it was enough to fuel me. Now, I'm going to shift the conversation a little bit because one of the things that I um, that I work on also with a lot of my clients is coming up with your daily confession, your daily kind of vision statement, right? Or reiterating your daily confession. What is it that you're saying to yourself? And it needs to be in line with, with, with your vision, right? And it's coupled with, of course, what God says about you. So I'm going to share with you a little bit about my confession. Um, and then I also have like a vision statement. And this is the thing that I use um, with me and my my husband. We have a vision statement for our family and for the kind of, the kind of impact that we believe God has called us to make in this world. And so we have that, we keep it before us and it guides our actions. So first, let me see. I think first I'm going to share with you my, yeah, my daily, my daily confession. So I want you to listen to this. Okay. This is a daily confession. I praise you, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And this my soul knows well. I am daily loaded with benefits. Today, I walk in my full potential. Negative thoughts cannot rule my mind. I let go of what was. I let go of what's behind me in order to fully embrace what lies ahead. I let go of what's behind me in order to fully embrace what lies ahead. Will my ladder be greater than my past? Oh, yes. What's coming is better than what's been. I am intentional with my words, my actions, my money, and my time. I have favor with God and with man, and therefore I lack nothing. The Spirit of God is alive in me. Angels are encamped all around me. Goodness and mercy are following me. I walk confident in the steps that God has already ordered for my life. My efforts are energized by love and compassion because my identity is in Christ. People follow me like a magnet and I direct them to you with my lifestyle, my words and actions. I am a wealth distribution center. Money is no longer my problem. 
I have all sufficiency in all things that I may abound to every good work and charitable donation. This is my year of excessive wealth, more than enough, too much, overflow, and abundance. I have more than I have room enough to receive. This is a productive, prosperous, peace-filled day. I am blessed. All my needs are met. I have much success. And I operate from a place of rest. I speak all these things from a place called done, right? And so if you notice, as I'm stating my, my daily confession, I'm not speaking about what it's going to be. This is going to be a great day. No, this is a peace-filled, prosperous day. So I'm speaking from a place of done because like I told you before, over and over in the podcast, the perspective in which I am speaking to you always, it's not from a go do more, go obtain more, go get it, go get it. It's not from that perspective. I'm always speaking to you from this perspective. I believe that you are enough. I believe that God has already created you loaded with every single thing you need to be successful in in this life. I also believe that the purpose and the plan of God, he did that too, right? He was intentional about uh, putting every one of your little eyelashes where they go. And so nobody, the, the creator of a thing determines the purpose of a thing, right? You've heard me say that before. The creator of a thing determines the purpose of a thing. And so he created you with intentionality and purpose. And so you have that already in you. And he, you are also desi- designed to succeed, right? You're designed to succeed. So when I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to you from that perspective. I believe it's already done. And now what you have to do is you have to tap into that, right? You have to pull on the strength of God and you have to uh, trust God enough to, to put one foot in front of the other and, and believe that he will order the steps that you are willing to take, right? Because God can't order your steps if you refuse to walk, Come on now. You can't be saying order my steps and then you won't take a step. Right? And so this this daily confession, this thing is is an outline for my day. I'm tell I'm I'm already commanding my morning, right? And I'm speaking from a place of done. Not a place of I'm going to. No, I believe by faith that this is not this is going to be. I believe from a place of faith, right? This is it. Um, so that helps, right, to 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 frame the, the the vision, right? And like I said earlier to you, like my husband and I, we have a we have a larger vision statement that we work from. And I don't say it every day because it's long. It's like a page and a half. Um, and, and so I don't say it every day. But what it contains is direction um, for, for us, right? And so I probably read it maybe two or three times a week. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of it, right? Um, it starts out by saying, you know, the same, a similar thing. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm made in the image and likeness of God. I'm, I'm strong. Um, I am strong, courageous, and bold. I am creative and caring. I am enough. So it was important that in the beginning, I identify who I am 
according to my identity in God, right? And then, uh, and and again, you don't see I'm a boss, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a sister, I'm a brother, I'm a lawyer, I am a psychotherapist, I am a teacher. No, no, no. These are things that I do. These are functions. These are roles. I am bold. I am courageous. I am made in the image and likeness of God, right? I am creative and caring and that kind of thing. So I start with that. Then I go into, I am a chosen vessel of God, fit for the master's use. I have favor with God and with man, and therefore I lack nothing. I walk confidently in the steps that God has already ordered for my life. And then I say, people follow me like a magnet. So you just heard that. I am a giver. My family and I impact the lives of millions of people around the world with our world-class business products, services, and philanthropic efforts. I am a woman of great influence. I impact the lives of millions of people through my keynote speeches and talks, world-changing training programs, New York Times best-selling books and articles. I am a wealth distribution center. Money flows to me easily and frequently. I am the lender and not the borrower, above and not beneath, every day in every way. I am growing more and more financially prosperous. I am the CEO of a $100 million company. My main company is called the Highmark Group. My company provides wealth for multiple generations and grows month by month through the acquisition of businesses, land, and properties, alliances through contractual agreement with public and private sector companies and nonprofit agencies and investments in community development projects, startup businesses, and then, and other key investment vehicles. I live comfortably on a salary of $1 million a year. My husband lives comfortably on a salary of $1 million a year. Our children are homeschooled world travelers with virtual businesses, earning them $50,000 a year. As a family, we support our local church with a combined tithe of $220,000 a year, not including offerings and gifts. 80% of our income is passive, 20% of our income is earned. My family owns 50 starting over houses operated by our nonprofit organization, providing two to three year life-changing residential programs for teenage mothers and their children around the country. Like I go into it. Do you understand what I'm saying? My family has a network of Thomas Homeschool Academy centers providing rich homeschool style learning experiences to families seeking alternatives to the public school system. I am healthy, vibrant and strong. I am in the best shape of my life with endless energy, vitality and strength. I understand what my body needs and I fuel my body and my brain with high quality, nutritious meals and snacks. Each night I experience high quality, uninterrupted, rejuvenating rest. My marriage is amazing and full of laughter and passion and affection. Together we are a force for good, leaving a long lasting impact on the lives of everyone that we come in contact with. We are a team and a beautiful example to our children, grandchildren, and future generations. We enjoy a long, healthy, fruitful life together. We serve God in our community with a pure heart. And I, I mean, I go on. Do you understand? And these are not things that this is the vision, y'all. I don't have a $100 million company right now. I helped to grow a company to $100 million some years ago. I don't have a $100 million company right now. I'm learning and growing. I, don't, I didn't start the, my starting over houses yet, but that is something God gave me. That is a vision, right? I will be able to, we will impact lives that way. 
providing this residential entrepreneurial training program for young teenage mothers and their babies. Yes, we, you know, these are me and my husband. We impact the lives of everyone that we meet. So I'm speaking, I, I see the vision and, and here's, here's why, again, I'm just, and I, and I pray that this is helpful to you. This is why it's important to write it, right? So I get to go back and, and, and view this and subconsciously it is guiding my actions and I can guarantee you, like I can promise you, cause we've already started seeing this ever since I wrote it, we, we are attracting things that are in line with the vision. People are being attracted to us. Resources are being attracted to us because the vision is clear. The vision is clear. So I, I, I might do a whole, you know, it might take a whole series on how I quit Starbucks. And if anybody knows me, you might have just taken a big gasp because I have been committed y'all to my very special let me tell you what it is a very special macchiato from starbucks it's a venti caramel macchiato to splenda upside down extra caramel extra hot with whipped cream do you hear me i am known locally by every single starbucks they call my drink the serena i have spent 7.8 billion dollars at starbucks over the last seven eight years <laughs> so committed like that's been a part of my routine I don't know like I couldn't go a day without it all this stuff um but what began what started happening is I, I really started feeling like it was just too much like I was just drinking way too much espresso um and it was just it was making me sick actually it was actually physically making me sick right so I I had made a decision. I was like, you know what? I need to stop putting this stuff in my body. I just need to stop drinking it all together. But it was so hard to do. And the more I revisited the sentence in my vision statement that said, I am healthy, vibrant, and strong. I am in the best shape of my life with endless energy, vitality, and strength. I understand what my body needs. And here was the part. I fuel my body and my brain with high quality, nutritious meals and snacks. Now, what happened was I had my Starbucks one day and I left a cup of it just with a little bit in it um, on my desk. And when I went back the next morning, I saw like I looked inside the cup and it was like, mud it was like coagulated milk and caramel and it was just disgusting it was like sludge and when I looked in there I said I fuel my body and my brain with high quality nutritious meals and snacks well there is a contradiction this is not fueling my body the way that I envision myself fueling my body and I wrote it so it's real <laughs> right? I wrote it and it's real. And so I was able to make that shift. Cold turkey, y'all. Cold turkey. I made a decision. I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I'm not doing the Starbucks thing. I quit. And that's what I did. I quit. And and I promise you that part of the fuel for me quitting was my vision statement. 
and revisiting that and having something that I'm accountable to. Now, the Bible says that many are the plans in a man's heart. It is the Lord's purpose that will prevail, right? And so will all of my plans work out? Maybe, maybe not. But let me tell you something. I also know that I spend much, 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 much time with God, right? And and so he says that if your ways please me, if you delight my, yourself in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. And so people look at that as God giving you the things you want. I see it as God putting those, placing those desires in my heart because I spend time with him. And so now because I am in relationship with God and and I, I desire, right, what he desires. And so because I desire what he desires, I believe he desires what I desire, right? Because my desires are aligned and given to me by him. You got to get that on your own. So I, I'm not questioning, okay, well, you know, maybe, listen, maybe, maybe not. Will all of it happen? Listen, I'm looking for the blessing that there's not room enough to receive, meaning that I won't have enough, it will be so much that I won't be able to handle it in my lifetime, told you I'm, I'm building for three generations after me so that's that's what type time we're on so again I, I want to encourage you to write your vision and I know there are going to be plenty of vision board parties to go to you get you some magazines and you put some, some stuff down and that's fine that's kind of therapeutic that'll get you thinking along the right road and that'll get your mind going and and things like that that might challenge where you are but there's nothing like writing and being committed to a vision statement that flows out of a place of faith and is energized by God. And that kind of vision statement you can't get by osmosis. That comes through spending time. That's spending time in prayer, spending time in worship, spending time with God, right? That flows out of that place. And so get your vision statement, girl. Yeah. Let it guide you this year. I, I'm excited. I think this year is going to be great. You are committed to the podcast, right? Because I know you already subscribed and stuff and told your friends about it. But I'm going to be challenging you here. I'm going to be challenging you here. I don't want to see you repeat the same year for the next 10 years. I want to see you show up for the people that are waiting for you to show up. And I want to provide you with as many tools, techniques, motivation, encouragement, whatever you need so that you can so that you can do that and, and, and do that well. So I pray this has been a blessing to you. That's all I'm going to leave you with. And um, yeah, I look forward to spending time with you again, Mama, uh, next week right here on the BMW Life podcast that's bus life mom life wife life and i'm your host serena moore thomas if you have been encouraged by anything look you gotta share this okay you see there i told you you were in for a treat is that incredible or what i am sure that there was something said today that has you really really thinking and here's the deal you can head right over to my website 
and I have so many good things for you, like specifically for you. Uh, We have a community of like-minded, faith-focused individuals that are ready to wrap their arms around you and welcome you. And I mean, we have freebies and goodies and all kinds of things. So head on over to serenathomas.com and that's where you can continue this conversation with us and really engage further, okay? And then also, if you are listening to this podcast today and you are like, girl, this is exactly what I needed. I need to know that. Okay, so send me a message. Certainly head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Make sure that you are subscribed or following this channel so that you're the first to know when new episodes are loaded. I'm so glad you took the time to join us. And listen, don't be stingy. I know you have a family, friend, or follower that needs this today. So take a screenshot, post it, girl, or just share it. But I enjoyed every moment of it, and I can't wait to connect with you again next week on the BMW Life Podcast. Talk to you soon. Bye.